All right. Well, we're continuing on bad theology, and we have a very uplifting topic this morning. You know, MacArthur was at a Ligonier conference, and he he was supposed to expose Joel Osteen, and he said, in order to do that, I have to kind of grovel in the muck a little bit. And my only concern is that by the time I'm done, some of the muck is going to splatter on you, and that's kind of how I feel this morning. In order to expose Satanism, I have to kind of, well, expose Satanism to you. And so we're going to go through a brief history of Satanism because it's rather a long, sordid affair. And then we'll look at Satanism in America, and then we'll cleanse our palates with some Bible and what does the Bible say about Satan. But uh, my slides this morning are going to be rather dull because I couldn't think of a picture I wanted to have up there that deals with Satanism for an hour. So you get a gray background this morning. All right, so let's talk about the history of Satanism. And a lot of this is, is adapted from Walter Martin's book, uh, The Kingdom of the Occult. The history of Satanism actually begins in biblical times. Um, you can go into Revelation 2. There are references to people in the New Testament who were Satanists. The Apostle John, Revelation 2, verse 24, says to the church of Thyatira, But I say to you, the rest who are in Thyatira do not have this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan. There were people in that time who had a deep knowledge, who knew the deep things of Satan. This same phrase, deep things of Satan, was used by the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 2.10. But to us, God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. And here, depths of God refers to knowing God deeply, knowing Him intimately. And if you know God deeply and intimately, you can walk with Him, you can follow Him. And so here, Jesus, in Revelation 2.24, says there were people who know the deep things of Satan. They have a deep knowledge of him. They follow him. And this is recorded throughout the early church of people who followed Satan. And we, we see that in the early church in a couple of ways. One, we see that in the early church by people renouncing Satan and his following angels. They never give a reason why they just have this renunciation of Satan and the angels. But we do know that they renounced doctrines and beliefs for a reason. They renounced those things because there were people out there spreading them. And so the early church likely was facing people who were engaging in some form of Satanism. And in fact, Basil the Great in 329 to 379 wrote of someone making a pact with Satan. I went and did some research on this. The guy's name supposedly was Theophilus from northern Cilicia. And apparently he was fired from his job by the bishop, and he wanted to get his job back. And so he made a pact with Satan to try to get his job back. I'm not sure he thought that one through. The bishop may not have wanted to hire him back at that point. And then the 17th Council of Toledo in 694 condemned priests who were performing, quote, masses for the dead. H.T.F. Rhodes explained what this was. This was the first recorded black mass, and it was no requiem. A requiem, by the way, is a Catholic mass for someone who has died. The priest performed the rite not to deliver the soul of a dead man from purgatory, but to consign a living man to death. The goal of this mass was to bring some level of punishment to someone else, and it was supposed to take somebody's life. There's another record of a black mass that happened in France. It's known as the Mass of St. Anyone French? Sicaire? The legend is detailed in a book by a guy named James Fraser. The book is called The Golden Bow. I'm not recommending it to you. I'm just citing the source. It was written in 1890, and the Mass was intended to mock the Roman Catholic Mass. And supposedly, the Mass was performed by an evil priest. And it was supposed to be done, it was only permitted to be done, in an abandoned church. Preferably, and this was actually what it said, preferably a church that was partially destroyed and had animals living it like bats and plenty of toads under the altar. Not sure why, but that's what they wanted. The priest was aided by a woman. They had some very horrible ways to describe her. She supposedly engaged in sexual sin with the priest before and probably during this ceremony. Because it was intended to mock the Catholic Mass, they had a host. The Catholic host is a little circular white wafer. Theirs was a black triangle. Instead of using wine, the priest would use water drawn from a well, and I'm sorry, but that's what they said. The well was supposed to have an unbaptized dead child in it. 
During the Mass, he recites portions of the Catholic Mass backwards as a way to insult what they think is Christianity. And the priest, during this ceremony, completes the sign of the cross with his left foot, and he does it on the ground instead of doing the whole Catholic way of doing it. They didn't give a date on when this supposedly occurred, but the book was written in 1890. He supposedly got it from someone, I think, in the 1400s, so it's been a while. But as we'll see, they, they still refer to black masses today. Whether or not they go through that is hopefully not. Another story comes from, the fifth, from 1580 by a guy named Jean Bowden, B-O-D-I-N, who says that a black mass was performed at the order of Catherine Medici, de Medici. She was the queen of France. And I'm not going to go into the details of another black mass. We've had enough. But according to Bodine, a child was supposedly sacrificed during this ritual. Even today, there is a group in the Middle East known as the Yazidis. And they are known in the Middle East as devil worshippers. One of their primary sacred texts, I guess you would say their Bible, is called the Manifestation. And it was supposedly given by Satanic Revelation. And they call Satan Melech Taus. Now, if you're a Hebrew student, that first word should sound familiar. King. Anybody know what Taus is? This is actually kind of funny. It's peacock. They call Satan the peacock king. The peacock king was a spirit who apparently appeared or manifested, hence the name of the book, The Manifestation, and the spirit claimed that he was eternal and omnipresent. And Walter Martin actually quotes what this spirit supposedly told them when it appeared. I participate in all the affairs which those who are without, that would be outside of that religion, call evil because their nature is not such as they approve. And so apparently this spirit appeared to the Yazidis and said, look, I'm involved in all the evil practices and all the evil deeds around the world. And then it claimed to be their God. And you think, well, that sounds kind of crazy. I don't, I don't know if I believe that. In 2007, there was a guy named Sean Thomas. He was a reporter. He interviewed the Yazidis. And then he wrote an article entitled, The Devil Worshippers of Iraq. And he asked them a question. He asked them, who is Melek Taus? Who is the peacock king? Here's the answer from the spokesperson. We believe he is a proud angel who rebelled and was thrown into hell by God. He stayed there 40,000 years until his tears quenched the fires of the underworld. Now he is reconciled to God. Minus the last part of that, who does that sound like to you? That's what Sean Thomas says in his article. He says it's hard to look at that and not think of the biblical character known as Satan. And so he wanted to get a little more information, so he asked him, do you worship the devil? This is actually in the article. But some Yazidi do claim that Melek Taus is the devil. One hereditary leader of the Yazidi, Ms. Mir Hazim, said in 2005, I cannot say this word, devil, out loud because it is sacred. It's the chief of the angels. We believe in the chief of the angels. The Yazidis would fit in what was now considered to be traditional Satanism. And by that, I mean they recognize Satan as a real person who really exists, who really thinks and lives and acts, and he actually exists. That's traditional Satanism. Uh, the Encyclopedic Dictionary of Cults, Sects, and World Religions speaks of traditional Satanism this way. Satanists of this ilk feel compelled to offer blood sacrifices to the devil. Children have sometimes been sacrificed on satanic altars during a black mass, the focal point of Satanist worship. More common is the use of animals. Investigations and studies have linked missing children to areas where Satanists are believed to be practicing. The increased findings of the scattered remains of the bloody carcasses of animals have also attributed, been attributed to Satanists. And you think, well, why do we need to hear about that? That doesn't happen today. We don't have to worry about people sacrificing animals anymore. The El Paso Times, and I'm just going to give you the titles of these. We're not going to go read through them. Game Warden speculates satanic ritual after dead goats found in northeast El Paso desert. That's dated March 2021. 
New York Post, officials probe satanic animal sacrifices on Long Island. That's dated of March 2016. This is from a, um, a radio station. Bag of animal heads found in East Greenwich, that's in Rhode Island, may have ritualistic ties. And then the final one from the Daily Mail. Have animal sacrificing Satanists returned to, to beauty spot? Fears grow after 10-week-old lamb was, has its throat slit and is dumped at a pond in a village plagued by gruesome occult mysteries. Now, I'm not recommending you go look for this article, but if you go find this article, notice it says graphic content. They actually have pictures on there, and there are satanic symbols drawn on the animals, and we'll leave that at that. Why do I show you that? Because this is not hocus-pocus. This is not something that's happening far, far away. That first story is from El Paso. And there are plenty more stories if you just know how to Google. That's traditional Satanism. Modern Satanism, what is mostly held and made public by Satanists, is actually a derivation from traditional Satanism. It doesn't fit within that category. It doesn't fit with them. And it actually began around 1500 with a Catholic priest, and again, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. I'm assuming that's Francois. He was a Catholic priest. And he started to rebel against the Catholic Church. Now, Martin Luther rebelled against the Catholic Church, and he just said the doctrines were wrong and they were blasphemous to Christ, and I don't want to be a part of that. And he went out and actually started following Christ. Francois rebelled not against the doctrinal teachings, but against the moral teachings of the church. And he embraced a new creed. Do what thou wilt. That was the creed. Do what you want. And he certainly did. Walter Martin defined him and said, he promoted liberty and self-indulgence. Modern Satanists and the Wiccan movements, they still hold that as a foundational teaching and a foundational position of their religion. Do what thou wilt. But modern Satanism teaches that Satan is not real. He's not an actual person. He's a symbol. He's a personification. Modern Satanism, after Francois here, begins with a guy named Aleister Crowley. From, he lived from 1875 to 1947. And just like the Catholic priest we just looked at, he rejected Christianity, but he rejected Christianity at a very young age. I think his parents were Protestants. And immediately he hated Christianity and didn't want anything to do with it. And he became obsessed with the occult and pagan philosophers like Frederick Nietzsche. Has anyone taken the time to read Frederick Nietzsche? Not pleasant, is it? Frederick Nietzsche, if you don't know, um, enjoyed and took great joy in blaspheming Christ. Crowley said, Nietzsche is one of our great prophets. Crowley also referred to himself as the beast. Now you ask, why would someone do that? Because when he was a kid, his mother realized how much he hated Christianity, and so she told him, you're the beast. And he liked it so much, he just took it on as his title. And I had a quote from him, and I lost it, where he actually says, I am the beast, number 666. He believed that he possessed magical powers, and he was the first person to change the spelling of the word magic, and he included a K at the end. Crowley said magic is the science and the art of causing change to occur in conformity with the will. Now, his magic wasn't all that impressive. It centered on the use of drugs like heroin and engaging in sexual immorality. And he actually had several books promoting what he called sexual magic, as a form of occult practice. He was accused by the media of engaging in homosexuality. He then joined a group that was part of the occult called Ordo Templi Orientis. It was an occult group that took Crowley's teachings on this magic and made it foundational to their principles. The motto for the Ordo Templi Orientis is going to look very familiar to you. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole law. Now, his teachings weren't very consistent. They were illogical at best. 
they were a hodgepodge of various beliefs that were kind of crammed together. And if you were to go back in time and ask Mr. Crowley, are you a Satanist? He would be like, no, no. Walter Martin provides some quotes of people who describe Mr. Crowley and his beliefs, including that organization, the Ordo Templi Orientis. I'm just going to let you hear what they say about his teachings. Aleister Crowley was a systematic and scientific explorer of religious practices, techniques, and doctrines. As such, he performed devotional exercises to Satan as well as to Jesus Christ. I think the first part, exercises of Satan, might be true. The second one certainly is not true. Another individual said Crowley was an atheist, a polytheist, a monotheist, a pantheist, a Satanist, a Christian, a Hindu yogi, a Hebrew Kabbalist, a Muslim mystic, a Buddhist, and a pagan. Yes, he did have a huge influence on L. Ron Hubbard. And there's actually a story of him and L. Ron Hubbard getting together to practice some magic. I didn't want to go into more detail on that when I was reading it, so please don't ask me for details. You don't want them either. Walter Martin sums up Crowley this way. This hodgepodge of assorted beliefs reveals a greatly unsettled and spiritually bankrupt man who recognized no solid ground in his lifelong search for truth. It is impossible for a rational mind to accept all the assorted doctrines of Crowley's world since the sacred texts of one oppose the foundational principles of another. You can't be a Satanist and a Christian. You can't be in the occult and be a Bible believer. Those are contrary to each other. Now, why would I mention Crowley? How many, has anyone ever heard of Crowley before? A couple of you? Okay. Why mention him? Because his teachings are central and foundational to modern-day Satanism. And if you want to understand how Satanism developed and how it exists today, you've got to understand who Crowley is. I'm going to go back to this encyclopedia again. The major axioms of Satanism, as it would later develop in the 1960s, were formulated in the Book of the Law. That was written by Crowley. That was the name of his book, the Book of the Law. The credo of the book, called the Law of Thelema, is summed up in the now famous phrase, do what thou wilt shall be the whole law. Notice Satanism has picked up this idea, do what thou wilt, that's the law, do whatever satisfies you, do whatever meets your desires, that has become the foundation of modern-day Satanism. It was Crowley who influenced another individual named Anton Xander LaVey. Some of you have heard of this guy. That's not his actual legal name. His legal name was Howard Stanton Levy. He was born in Chicago in 1930. His parents then moved him to California. And in California, he developed a deep love and affection. By the way, his parents' names were Michael and Gertrude Levy. If you go read his writings, he'll tell you his mother's names was Augustia or something like that. Not true. But he developed a deep love for comics, and especially horror comics and horror stories. One of his favorite characters was a guy named Ming the Merciless. Now, you see this guy, the way he's dressed, right? And you look at that and you say, there's got to be some deep, dark, horrible reason he's dressed that way. There's got to be a reason, some satanic reason that he looks the way he does. Let me introduce you to Ming the Merciless. The truth is stranger than fiction. As a child, Howard also rebelled against his parents. His parents were Roman Catholics. And he started reading books by the occult including guys like Aleister Crowley. And he came to the conclusion that he did not believe in a personal Satan. Now, this is where I said, I feel like I'm going to have to get some of the muck splattering on you. I'm sorry, but I'm going to cite the source here because you need to hear what he says. In his book, The Satanic Bible, which it's all made up anyway, he says this, Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. Satan represents the so-called sins as they, are, as they all lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. Notice Satan here is not a person. He's not a, he's not a personal being. 
He's just a representation of something, and he's a representation of those sins that you're told you're not allowed to have, but Mr. LeVay says these are the way for you to be satisfied and to be gratified. And in fact, you can take this same list that he gives here, and you can go to the Church of Satan's website. I'm not recommending it, but it's there. And that's the the nine satanic statements. Those are the foundations of the so-called Church of Satan today. At its core, LeVay's form of Satanism promotes endless self-indulgence and sexual gratification. And again, I'm sorry, here comes some more muck. Satanism condones any type of sexual activity which properly satisfies your individual desires, be it heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, or even asexual if you choose. Satanism also sanctions any fetish or deviation from which will enhance your sex life. Adherence to the sensible and humanistic new morality of Satanism can and will evolve society as society in which children can grow up healthy and without the devastating moral encumbrances of our existing sick society. Now, tell me he has not impacted American culture. Look at American culture today, that's where it came from, starting in the 1960s when he developed the Church of Satan. In the end, LeVay didn't promote the direct worship of Satan, but the idolatrous worship of self. Again, one more quote from him. The Satanist feels, why not really be honest? And if you're going to create a God in your image, why not create that God as yourself? Every man is is a God if he chooses to recognize himself as one. Like so many other things LeVay said, this was not his idea. Remember I said he was reading the occult? Anyone ever heard of Helena Blavatsky? Yeah, same two people. Helena Blavatsky is one of the people that were instrumental in giving the prosperity gospel the idea that you can be a little God. This is where he got it from. He got it from occult teachers. He also didn't believe in loving others. Modern-day Satanists, as you'll see in a few minutes, try to tell you that they're all about love and compassion. And this is my last quote from him, and we're done with him, okay? He takes the Sermon on the Mount, and he twists it. And he uses it to try to advocate anything but love and compassion. Here comes some muck. Blessed are the strong, for they shall possess the earth. Cursed are the weak, for they shall inherit the yoke. Blessed are the powerful, for they shall be reverenced among men. Cursed are the feeble, for they shall be blotted out. Blessed are those who believe what is best for them, for never shall their minds be terrorized. Cursed are the lambs of God, for they shall be bled whiter than snow. Life is the great indulgence, death the great abstinence. Therefore, make the most of life here and now. Again, you can hear his influence on society today, because today society says, do what you want, make the most of life today, because you don't have anything later. Here's a question. On what authority did he say these things? You know, Walter Martin made a really great point. When When Christians stand up and talk about Jesus, we have the Bible that we can point to, but we have more than that, and I'm not saying that's not enough, but we have more than that. We have an empty grave Our Messiah is risen. He lives. That's all the authority you need in the world. What authority did he have to say anything that he said? Absolutely none. All of the Church of Satan is founded on this guy, Howard Stanton LeVay. All of it. And that really should take some of the mysticism out of it and the fear of, oh, I can't get anywhere near that. It really should deprive you of that because this was just a sinful man being a sinful man. It's just we're not used, she said, there's no difference between him and the Mormons in the sense of him and Joseph Smith did the same thing. They made up false revelations and they lied to people. All of them are, yeah, all occults are satanic and we'll, we'll see that in a minute. This is all based on him. And I point that out to you because he's the last guy you should trust. You know, Jesus looked at the Pharisees and says, you're of your father, the devil, and he was a liar from the beginning. And you can say the same thing about Mr. LeVay. Yeah. He, he was the center of attention for everything. And the whole, the whole thing of the Church of Satan was about promoting himself. I said he was a liar. I've just quoted just 
three times from the Satanic Bible. He plagiarized large portions of the Satanic Bible. And when I say plagiarized, I don't mean he took a sentence here or there. I'm talking about he lifted entire pages out of other books and put them in his without attribution. Toward the end of his life, Anton admitted to plagiarizing portions of the Satanic Bible, and he was confronted by a a journalist. This is actually on their website. I'm not telling you to go to their website, but it's on the website. You can find the transcription of this. This is what it says in the book that he plagiarized will be on the screen as well. Might is Right by Ragnar Redbeard is probably one of the most inflammatory books ever written. So who better to write an introduction? It was only natural that I excerpted a few pages of it for the Satanic Bible. I mean, could you blame me? It was such a good book. I mean, I had to take a few pages out of it. And he did. And he didn't make, he didn't give any effort at giving credit to the author. He sold over a million copies of his book. In 1998, I think Mr. LeVay died in 1997. In 1998, his daughter, Zena, published an online article. And the article lists the legends of her father. Now, she says legends, you could change that to myths, or you might change that to lies. These are things that Mr. LeVay said about himself. He told the media about himself, to build this aura around himself and to make himself seem mystical and magical. Because like Aleister Crowley, he believed he had magical powers that also involved drugs and sexual sin. So what are some of the legends or myths of Mr. LeVay? He claimed he was introduced to the dark side by his Transylvanian gypsy grandmother. Truth is, his grandmother was not Transylvanian nor a gypsy. She was from Ukraine. He said he played oboe, second oboe, in the San Francisco Ballet Orchestra in 1945. That would have been when he was 15. You can go look it up. The San Francisco Ballet Orchestra wasn't even in existence until the 1970s. He said he ran away from home at age 17 and performed in the Clyde Beatty Circus as a lion tamer. This would have made him the youngest lion lion tamer in history. Uh, Problem. His daughter said they went to the Clyde Beatty Circus, and the Clyde Beatty Circus says we have no record of him ever working for us in any capacity. He said he had an affair with Marilyn Monroe. He met her at the Mayan Theater in Los Angeles. Now, note that. Met her at the Mayan Theater in Los Angeles. They went to the manager of the theater, and they asked, what was it like to have Marilyn Monroe in your theater? And the manager said, she's never been here. He lied about that, too. He claimed he worked as a police photographer for the San Francisco Police Department. SFPD says they have no record of him working there ever. He claimed he studied criminology at the San Francisco City College. The college says he's never been enrolled here. Now, this is just some of the myths, some of the lies he told about himself. You can actually find the article through Web Archive, and I have it. I copied and pasted it into a Word document. I think it's like six pages long. He was a prolific liar. Now, with that in mind, let's consider for a moment Satanism in America, and we're done with the groveling in the muck. Today in the United States, there are two primary organizations that perpetuate and push modern Satanism. They are the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple. The Church of Satan was founded by Anton LaVey. That's his organization. The, temple, uh, the Satanic Temple was founded in 2016. Now, for, for clarification, these two organizations are not connected. The Satanic Temple actually has a very long write-up on why they do not like the Church of Satan. There's no unity there. And they try to say that they hold nothing in common with the Church of Satan. The problem is, they do. They do hold things in common with traditional Satanism because they embrace ritual. They try to claim they, they don't believe in magic, but they do have ritual. On their FAQ page, their frequently asked questions, it has this question. What are some of the rituals of the, temple of, of the Satanic Temple? And first on the list, the Black Mass. 
but they have nothing to do with traditional Satanism. And there they say the Black Mass is a celebration of blasphemy, which can be an expression of personal liberty and freedom. We're not going through that again. They have an unbaptism where you can get rid of your superstitions, supposedly. They have a destruction ritual where you can destroy something that symbolizes the source of pain in your life. And they have a defiance ritual, a pledge to challenge the status quo in a way that is personally meaningful. They also have seven tenets, or seven fundamental tenets of what they believe. And these are very whitewashed. I will note, screenshot, this is the only page on the website, and I went through a lot of them, that is actually a white background. The rest of them are pitch black and dark. But when they get to their tenants, they make it a white background because if you read the first tenant, I don't know if you can read it from the back, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Satan is telling us to act with compassion. Now, Keep that in mind because number three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Anybody think what they promote and what they believe in? Abortion. So while talking about compassion and empathy for all, they also support killing the unborn. Now this organization is extremely active. And there are all sorts of news reports about them. And so instead of going through their website, we're going to look at some news articles about what they say because we can learn a lot about not only what they say, but we can learn a lot about what the media says about them. And as you can imagine, our media is very honest and trustworthy. So let's start with the most trustworthy of all news organizations, CNN. In an article entitled, Five Things You Didn't Know About Satanist, Trisha Escobedo, writing for CNN, says this, most Satanists aren't devil worshippers. Surprisingly, most card-carrying Satanists do not worship Satan or any other form of the devil. They are actually atheists. Objective, clear, truthful reporting there, right? Now, they want to hide behind we're atheists, and that doesn't actually preserve them from the charge of being a devil worshipper. Why? Because atheist is atheist. Theist is a person who believes in God. The alpha privative negates it. They don't believe in God. Satan is not a God. So claiming you're an atheist doesn't avoid the charge that you're a devil worshiper. And then you have to believe, here's their basic position, here's their spin, we are Satanists who don't follow Satan. That's kind of like saying you're a Christian, but you don't follow Christ. CBS News in an article on April 23rd, 2023 said, Quote, SatanCon, the Satanic Temple Convention, comes to Boston this weekend. They actually had a convention. This is like Shepherd's Conference, only for Satanists. Tammy Mutasa writes, The Satanic Temple organizers say they do not believe in Satan and shouldn't be confused with other Satanic religions. Instead, the group says it advocates for the separation of church and state and empathy for all. Except for those poor little babies. Now, it's interesting they talk about separation of church and state, because they spend a great deal of their time trying to push their religion into schools. In an article on December 4th, we're going to come back to this convention in a minute. On December 4th, 2022, Greg Weiner, writing for Fox News in his article, Virginia Elementary School to Host After School Satan Club. Here's the article. According to a flyer on the Satanic Temple's Facebook page, the After School Satan Club is scheduled to convene in the library at B.M. Williams Primary School in Chesapeake, Virginia on December 15th, where students can learn about benevolence, empathy, critical thinking, problem-solving, creative expression, personal sovereignty, and compassion. Right. According to the article, the Satanic Temple is arguing that they should be permitted to teach children Satanism because Satanism is a religion. And religious freedom says they should be allowed to teach. The article actually quotes the Satanic Temple. Quote, The Satanic Temple is a non-theistic religion. After-school Satan Club does not attempt to convert children to any religious ideology. Instead, the Satanic Temple supports teaching children to think for themselves. So, the Satanic Temple says we need religious liberty, and in the name of religious liberty, we should be allowed to be teaching children. 
but don't worry, we're not a religion and we're not trying to convert your children. Do you believe this? Please understand, you know this. When Christian organizations go to schools, it's because we want children to believe in Jesus. When the satanic temple goes into schools, it's because they're trying to teach an ideology to children, and that ideology is Satanism and the occult. The New York Post wrote on this after-school club, an article dated November 21st, 2022, the title was, Parents Slam Schools Sick Satan Club for Children as Young as Five and the parents slam it as being disgusting. And the New York Post uncritically writes, the after-school Satan club organizers feel that the criticism is misplaced as the group does not actually promote Satanism, but rather encourages critical thinking and rationalism. Now, I'll give the New York Post credit. They actually did try to be good journalists, and they went and talked to some of the parents, and the parents were more honest than the journalists. One of the parents, a guy by the name of Joe Lathrop, I don't know if I pronounce his name, L-A-T-H-R-O-P, he points out the absurdity of what the Satanic Temple is arguing. Here's what he said. They put Satan in the name for a reason. People should stop being intellectually dishonest and just own up to the fact that they want kids to worship Satan as a secular god. Right on. It's exactly what's going on. Even the Sacramento Bee in November of 2022 published an article entitled After School Satan Club Opening to California's Elementary School Has Parents in Uproar. And the article quotes the promoter of the club. There's also a lot of confusion between the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan, which are two different things. They definitely do seem to think that we are all devil worshipers, which we are not. We don't believe in a supernatural Satan. Does that make it better for you? Notice they claim they're not devil worshipers and they do not believe in a supernatural Satan. Remember that Satan convention I told you about from this article? Fox News actually did some journalism. They had an article April 30th of this year. That's when the convention happened. Boston SatanCon, goers shred Bibles, pro-cop flag during opening ritual. You can read the rest. So, compassion and empathy for all except for police and Christians. They even, Fox News actually posted a picture of some of their attendees holding fans, little fans. And the fans have the phrase, hail Satan on them. Because they don't believe in Satan, of course. The article says that the event was organized by the Satanic Temple in honor of its 10-year anniversary. Now, this is a convention, kind of like, you know, any other convention where they have a whole bunch of different lectures. <laughs> I didn't go look up the lectures to find out what was in them. But Fox News did provide a couple of the titles, and I just want you to hear the compassion, empathy, and critical thinking that they're teaching at this convention. The first one, Sins of the Flesh, Satanism, and Self-Pleasure. Reclaiming the trans body, atheistic strategies for self-determination and empowerment. Or how about this one? Hellbillies, visible Satanism in rural America. That's the compassion and empathy that they're teaching. That's the critical thinking that they're teaching. There, recently, someone came out and said, I don't remember who it was, came out and said this whole trans movement is satanic. It certainly is. But speaking of mocking, the Fox News article give some information on how they opened their convention. We stand here today in defiance of their siege and destroy their symbols of oppression, a female leader told the crowd before ripping pages out of the Bible and throwing them on the floor. Satanists and attendants later picked up some of the ripped pages off the floor and posed with them for pictures. Compassion and empathy on display. Can't you see this has nothing to do with Satan? Satan's not involved in any of this. This is just love, compassion, and empathy fueled by critical thinking and rationalism because Satan, after all, according to them, is just this mythological figure from an outdated book called the Bible. Why are we covering Satanism? Because it is a growing threat in the United States. The Satanic Temple was founded in 2013, and it is growing fast. A news article from BBC a couple years ago said that they had over 50,000 members. That was a couple years ago. And in fact, if you go on their website, some of you found our church through the TMS Church Finder. 
they have a satanic congregation finder. Here's some of the local congregations you can go to. Alaska, Albany, Austin, Atlanta, Australia, Colorado, Fort Worth, Houston, Detroit, Idaho, Indiana, Maine, Missouri, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, and right there at the bottom right, San Antonio, Texas. Right in your backyard. Oh, and this list isn't done, by the way. They keep going. It shouldn't surprise us. I think what's most shocking for most people is that most false religions, you know, I think Roman Catholicism is a satanic creation, but they at least try to hide. Here, what we have is just open, flat-out rebellion against God in some of the most horrible ways you can imagine. Yeah, their mocking is really reserved for Christians. That's who they mock the most. Even though they stand on Christian theology that says there's a real Satan, they stand on that and they, they hail a guy they say doesn't exist. Okay, I've about had enough of this muck. I'm, I'm done with this. How about you? Let's uh, cleanse the palate for a few minutes, and let's just consider what the Bible says about the person of Satan. First, I want to deal with this idea that they claim that Satan doesn't actually exist. Well, if you go into the Old Testament, you find quite a few references to Satan. He's actually mentioned 18 times in the Old Testament, including places like 1 Chronicles 21, then Satan stood up against Israel and incited David to number Israel. Job refers to Satan 14 times in the first chapters, first two chapters of his book. Satan is directly mentioned again in Zechariah 3, Zechariah 3, 1 and 2. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of Yahweh, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And Yahweh said to Satan, Yahweh, rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, Yahweh, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is this not a band delivered from the fire? There Satan is doing his job, accusing. Other Old Testament passages refer to Satan, but they refer to him indirectly. Genesis 3 would be a good example of this. We know that's Satan because passages like 2 Corinthians 11.3, Revelation 12.9, Revelation 22, both all indicate that that was Satan. Other references, 1 Kings 22, 2 Chronicles 18 through 20 and 21, both of these refer to him as a lying spirit. And then there's some debated passages, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, 14 through 16. I'm not going to settle the debate today. I'll just say that I lean more towards Ezekiel 28 applying to Satan. There, uh, the king of Tyre is referred to as a cherub who covers, who is in the presence of God who was in the Garden of Eden, it's really hard to say that is only talking about the human king. That's just some of the Old Testament from the, for the devil's existence in the, New, uh, in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he's referred to 74 times. And every time he's referred to, he's not referred to as some mytho, mythological being. He's not some evil force. He is a person. He is a created spirit, created by God. In Job, the angels of heaven are referred to as the sons of God. Job 38, verse 4, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you know understanding. God now returns back to Job and starts questioning him. And he says, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? When I was creating the world, where were you? Jump down to verse 7. When the morning stars sang together, And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Who are these sons of God? These are angels. Sons of God and Job are angels who are in the presence of God. They watched creation happen. Right after they were created, they watched the rest of it. And they shouted for joy. Now, if we go back to Job chapter 1, Job chapter 1, verse 6. Now, it was the day that the sons of God, that would be angels, came to stand before Yahweh, and Satan also came among them. Satan was among the angels. Chapter 2, verse 1, again, it was the day that the sons of God came to stand before Yahweh, and Satan also came among them to stand himself before Yahweh. Satan was a part of the angelic host. And I think Isaiah, excuse me, I think Ezekiel 28 clearly says he was a cherub. He was one of the cherubs that cover, he has six wings, two that cover his face, two that cover his feet, and with two he flies. Having eyes all around, they have perfect wisdom or as close as you can get to perfect wisdom. They're highly intelligent creatures who dwell in the midst of God. 
And yet Satan decided to rebel and he fell, Revelation 12, verse 4, and his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she gave birth, she might devour her child. He takes a large portion of the angels of heaven with him and they follow him in the rebellion. He is the leader of that rebellion. Today, those angels that fell, some of them are locked away to be released in the end times. Others roam the earth. You know them as demons. And Satan is their leader. Matthew 12, verse 24, we're not going to look at it, but the Pharisees referred to him as Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. And it's very important that you understand he is the ruler and the leader of the demons. We're going to come back to that. So Satan clearly exists. The Bible is very clear on his existence. He is a real person. He's not a force. We know he's a person because he's depicted as having intellect, emotion, and will. He has intellect. In Matthew 4, he tempts Jesus. And the temptations require a lot of understanding of Scripture and knowledge to be able to make those temptations because they're slight twists on Scripture. You know you have to be really smart to twist Scripture effectively? And he does it effectively. His intellect is seen in the, his, his schemings. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Schemes here refers to stratagems or strategies. These are tricks, deceptions he strategically employs to lead people away. Satan is a master tactician. He's playing the eternal game of chess. Only thing is he's already lost and he doesn't realize it. He's not God. He's not omniscient. He can't read your mind. But he is vastly smarter than any sinful human being will ever be. And he strategically lays traps and waits for you to walk into them. 1 Timothy 3, verse 7. And he must have a good reputation, speaking of an elder, with those outside the church, so that he will not fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil, the traps of the devil. You know, if you're going to be a hunter and you're going to hunt animals with traps, you actually have to know something to do it. You actually have to be smart because you put the trap in the wrong spot, you're not going to catch anything. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I think he knows it, but he doesn't realize it's actually true. I think his pride is what, what keeps him going. One last thing on his intellect, he disguises himself. And no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. He's not an angel of light. But he tricks you and deceives you into believing that he is. That what he has to say is good. He also has emotions for the sake of time. I'm just going to give you this quote, Revelation 12, 12. He's, he comes with great wrath. Satan also has a will. That is, he makes decisions and he chooses things. He chooses what he wants. Luke 12, excuse me, Luke 22, 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to sift you all like wheat. Satan had a desire to sift them. That's what he wanted, and he went to Jesus, and he requested, let me do this. And so he had a desire, and he used his will to choose. 2 Timothy 2, verse 26, And they come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. So there he is, he has a will. That proves that Satan is a person. He's not human, but he is highly intelligent, supernatural being, and his entire goal in his existence is to deceive you and lead you astray. He is your enemy. He is a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's what the Bible says about Satan. There's a lot more to Satan than that. But the Satanists are living a lie. Kind of like an ostrich who just sticks your head in the sand. If I just say he doesn't exist, then I don't have to worry about the big line behind me who's coming to kill me. The Satanists claim that they don't worship or follow Satan. Is that true? Well, let's consider that for a minute. Do they follow lies? Absolutely. To say Satan doesn't exist, the Bible says is a lie. They profess to be atheists. To say to be an atheist, you have to say God doesn't exist. The Satanic temple does engage in worship, though. Not recommending this. They, they have services online. I, For the sake of this class, I went and watched part of one, and the whole thing was about how to worship yourself. I thought they said they didn't have anything to do with Mr. LeVay, because that's what he taught. 
They serve other gods of their own making. They offer sacrifices to those gods. All false religion, this was said earlier, all false religion is the worship of demons. Deuteronomy 32, 17, they sacrificed to demons who were not God, to gods whom they have not known, new gods who came lately, whom your fathers did not dread. 1 Corinthians 10, 20 says the same thing. Psalm 106, 36 through 7, 7, uh, 37, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons, speaking of the worship of Molech. Demons are fallen angels that follow who? Satan. If you follow the follower, who are you following? Their leader. To follow a, a doctrine that is false is to follow a doctrine of demons. First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. The Satanist self-ascribed title of being a Satanist is perfect. They're just honest about it, where others are not. Walter Martin is illusionary than for pagans or anyone involved in the occult to think they exist on safe ground simply because they do not directly address Satan. You need to understand this is the last thing on Satan. You need to understand something. He is far more powerful, far wiser, and far stronger than you are. But here's what you need to know. While there is a devil, he's God's devil. He's on a leash. Just think about some of the stories we've already looked at. He needed permission to touch Job's property. He needed permission to touch Job. He needed permission to sift Peter. Even at the Last Supper, Jesus had to give permission. Go do what you're about to do, and then Satan filled him. Ultimately, despite his rebellion, God is using him as his personal servant, and he is accomplishing exactly what God wants him to accomplish. 1 John 5, 18 and 19, we know that no one who has been born of God sins but he who has been begotten of God keeps him. Who is the one who has been begotten of God? And the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are sons of God, and though the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. The world lies in the power of the evil one. You are in the hand of Christ. And you have no reason to fear Satan. You should fear Christ. All right, I'm over time. Let me pray for us. Hopefully that was a little bit of a cleansing. Father, we thank you so much for our time this morning, being able to come and worship together. Uh, we, you know that we don't like these lies, but we know that you are sovereign, that you are in, power, you are in control of all things, and that uh, you will win. You have already won, and uh, Satan and his demons and all their lies will be consigned to hell for eternity, and we will dwell with you in perfect peace and harmony. And so we look forward to that. We ask that you be with us this morning as we worship. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.